The very passion that surrounds a young upstart organization, ministry, or company can kill it in adolescence. As organizations grow, the original group of founders can become an inside elite. Since they were there from the beginning, they had the most information and power. Newcomers feel left out and in the dark. I recall one of the new employees in our group complaining about the lack of information from leadership in this vivid fashion. He said, quote, I feel like I'm living on a mushroom farm. I'm left completely in the dark, and I'm fed manure from time to time. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. Thank you for tuning in today. This is a show for anyone who wants to excel at leading others. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use this week. Welcome to this podcast. Today we're continuing our series on Chapter 7 from the Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make. It's kind of a long chapter, so I decided to split it into two podcasts. So this is Part 2 of Chapter 7 on Communication Chaos singing from the same page in the hymnal. You know, communication is such a huge, huge issue in leadership. Patrick Lencioni, who's written so many great books on leadership and the effective executive, and if you're familiar with his latest work, it's called The Advantage. And all of his books come down to talking about how important it is for a leader to build a cohesive leadership team and then strive for organizational clarity. I love that term, organizational clarity. And once you have organizational clarity, one of the most important roles of leadership is to communicate that clarity constantly. So that's very much what this chapter is about, communication chaos and learning to sing from the same page in the hymnal. Now, the audio book of the entire Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make should be available about the time this podcast is posted if you're interested. And the show notes and diagrams for these series of podcasts are at hansfinzel.com. The diagrams themselves are at slash diagrams. And, of course, the podcast directory for all my shows, almost 60 now, are at hansfinzel.com under the tab Podcasts. Now, the next podcast I'm going to be doing after this one, I'm starting a new series called Learn to Lead, Eight Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And I really want your help. Would you engage with me on this? What do you think should be on that list? Have you ever worked for a miserable boss? Do you work under a tough boss right now? Are you frustrated with your own leadership? What do you think would have to be on this list? Eight skills every new leader must master. Would you go to my website, hansfinzel.com slash engage and let me know what you think? Or you can just leave me a Google voicemail at my Google number. 720-440-2981. The first 20 people who respond and engage with me, I'm going to give a free coupon for my new audio book, The Power of Passion and Leadership. If you happen to already have that audio book, you can gift that code to a friend. But I'd like to give you something uh, for engaging with me. Okay, let's listen to Chapter 7, the second half on Communication Chaos. The Price of Leadership Isolation Here are several real-life anonymous accounts from wounded people who lost respect for their leaders who didn't bother to listen. First, a young woman hurt by a leader who constantly cut her off. Our leader was a very choleric person. We were hurt by him many times. We expected he would wait and give us answers to our serious questions about our work, 
Many times he walked off in mid-sentence, having heard nothing. This seems to happen to women more than men. Then there's an account of a youth director in a church who was called on the carpet with no warning. He was caught in what I like to call the ambush. Here's what he says. While attending college, I accepted a youth director's position at a local church. I dedicated approximately 20 to 30 hours a week working with junior and senior hires. After serving there for two years, I was called to an elders meeting. One of the elders, who had three children in my ministry, you can see what's coming, (laughs) took out a list of all the things I had done wrong in the past two years. Most of what they said was true, but I was brand new in this work, and I made lots of mistakes. The next thing I knew, the elders were calling for my resignation and the heated emotions of the meeting. It came as a complete surprise. What did I learn? First, I cannot think of one instance in those two years that any of the elders or the pastor shepherded me in my ministry. Secondly, I had no idea nor warning that what I was doing was wrong. And finally, the leaders and the staff had no significant relationship with each other. Nobody was trusting anyone. And here's a letter from a frustrated follower stationed overseas who found himself stuck with a leader who had no interest in leading. Our team was voting on an issue. The majority of the members were in favor of the action, but the team leader was against it. As the votes were cast and it didn't go his way, he gave a new explanation of the issue. We took another vote with the same results, but he wouldn't give in until we voted six more times, always with the same results. Boy, was that a frustrating experience. Certainly, if followers have a Bill of Rights, the right to be heard by their leader must be Article One. I believe in strong leadership, but I also believe a strong leader needs to listen. Assuming that the group in this last example had a democratic process of decision-making, which must be why they were voting, the leader should have been in touch with the people enough to know that where the decision was going was wrong. The incident just shows how out of touch he was with his followers. Communicate the big picture with passion. Communication is especially important in the larger issues of corporate life. I encourage leaders to spell out their purpose, their key goals, and their core values, and to proclaim them from the rooftops. In fact, declaring the purpose and core values of an organization is one of the essential jobs of a leader. The staff who have been around a long time need to be reminded and new recruits need to be folded into the corporate vision. Here's a great example from an organization that clearly communicates to newcomers exactly what they stand for. The name of the organization is called CRM, based in Fullerton, California. A good friend of mine, Dr. Sam Metcalf, has led that organization effectively for over 20 years. It's a document they call the Expectations and Privileges of CRM Staff. As a staff person with CRM, it is fair for me to expect the following from those whom I follow throughout the organization. I can expect to know those who lead me and what they believe. If I follow you, will I know who you are? What do you like? Are you authentic, honest, 
and will you deal with me with integrity? I have the right to have leaders who will explain to me their vision. What do you see for me? What's the future where I fit? Do you care about my future? Will you have a place for me? Or will you simply use me? And then they have a number of principles on this document. To never be left alone in isolation. To be heard. To be trusted. To be provided a context for growth. To be held accountable. And to be the object of grace. Another example of positive communication comes from one of the most successful companies in America, one that has truly placed God first in its business. Several months ago, I had the opportunity to visit the national headquarters of the Service Master Company in Chicago. No one at Service Master would ever be foggy about the chief goals and vision of that organization. It is literally plastered on the walls of the corporate office. Anyone considering becoming a partner with Service Master, which is what they call their employees, is expected to be committed to the company's corporate values. And here they are, Service Master. We are in the business of serving others. This requires all of us to have an unending pursuit of excellence as we bring the benefit of our extraordinary service to our customers. This way of doing business can be expressed by our four objectives. They are to honor God in all that we do, to help people develop, to pursue excellence, and to grow profitably. The nuts and bolts of clear communication. Clearing up chaotic communication in an organization is not easy. If you're building a new group from scratch, it's a lot easier. Whether you are starting over, or trying to be more faithful in clearing up clouded communication, there are four basic areas where your followers need to be clear. Number one, the vision and values of the group. Every group needs a clear mission statement indicating the strategic purpose of the organization. This mission statement is a clear declaration of vision. In addition to the mission purpose statement, there should be an agreed upon set of clearly defined goals and objectives. This organizational blueprint needs to be communicated clearly and updated as often as necessary. Number two, the chain of command. This may sound harsh in a world of flat organizations and decentralization, but it's not. It has to do simply with being clear on who's responsible for what. It is as important in a team-based group as in a traditional hierarchy. If your people have questions or problems, do they know who handles what in your organization? If they have a serious complaint, is there a clear path for their issues to rise to the top? When you have a project to assign within a group, do you know whose job it should be? If there's a major problem, do you know who's in charge of that area? These are all chain-of-command issues. Chain of command is simply an orderly division of responsibilities within the organization, making sure everyone knows who is responsible for what. If everyone is in charge, no one is in charge. Chain of command clarifies the question of who reports to whom, who supervises whom, and who's in charge of what.
listening to Chapter 7 of the Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make, Communication Chaos. Allowing that to happen is one of the great mistakes that leaders make. I'm such a huge fan of organizational clarity, and I find if, if a group, if a ministry, a church, a company, a business is really clear on what they are about and where they are going, then everybody rows together, and that boat really takes off and moves in the same direction. It puts not only power to the oars if you're rowing, but it puts wind in the sails of your organization. There's nothing that stops an organization quicker than communication chaos. Here's a question for you. Are leaders made or are they born? I get asked this question all the time, and to me the answer is, of course, yes, or both. I know that I was born with a lot of leadership skills, but in the end, I think what we're born with is really out of our control. And if you had to ask me what's more important, I would say it's what you learn, not what you're born with. And I've met some incredible people like Mother Teresa, who I don't think was born with any leadership skills, but man, was she a powerful leader. So I'm starting this new series on my next podcast, Learn to Lead, Eight Skills Every New Leader Must Master. Would you give me your opinion on what you think the skills ought to be? Just write me at hansfenzel.com slash engage or leave me a message on my Google Voice account at 720-440-2981. And the first 20 of you that answer, I'm going to give a free coupon for my book, The Power of Passion and Leadership. Hey, let's continue to listen to the final part of the chapter, Communication Chaos. Number three, organizational charts. We've already looked at some organizational charts in previous chapters. Organizational charts are just an important part of clear communication. The idea of an organizational chart is not really new. Moses had a very detailed one. Does your organization have a diagram or a chart? It's helpful for everyone in an organization to kind of know where they fit. The organizational chart is a people map, outlining relationships, and responsibilities within an organization. It shows authority. It shows responsibility. It shows relationship. Job descriptions and position descriptions are the final piece. Do your people have job descriptions? There are thousands of ways to write job descriptions, or some people call them position descriptions, some quite complex and others very simple. I like job descriptions that lead towards simplicity. In our company, we have moved to position descriptions that show just the basic responsibilities that a job entail. They need to be flexible and should outline three basic ingredients of any position. Number one, the primary responsibilities within the organization. Number two, the key activities and tasks performed to fulfill those responsibilities. And number three, the reporting structure, meaning who does this person report to and who reports to this person. With a clear job description, there can be no confusion between the leader and the follower about what the person is supposed to be doing. You remember when we talked about delegation, the first question is, what am I supposed to do? Well, the job description helps clarify and answer that question. And it becomes the primary tool for evaluating effectiveness in an annual review system. Final thoughts. How do you know if your organization has communication chaos? Well, ask yourself how many of these symptoms are present. Here's nine symptoms. You be the judge.
Number one, chaos and confusion about the group's direction. Number two, arguments or disagreement about priorities. Number three, duplication of effort. Number four, waste of resources through jobs that get canceled midstream. Number five, conflicts among departments. Number six, poor morale. Seven, poor productivity. Eight, idleness of resources. And number nine, job insecurity. There are no little people in your organization. Years ago, Francis Schaeffer wrote a significant book titled No Little People. That was a great book. He argued that in God's view, there are no little people and no little places. All have equal value no matter where they are found and what they do. I think the same principle should be practiced by every leader in their attitude about the far-flung corners of their organization. Everyone is important. Everyone has a right and a need to know what's going on in the organization. The big news, as well as the little details, the more people are informed, the more they will feel a part of the whole organization and the less chance there will be for misunderstanding. How do you feel if you know others know something that you don't know? Have you ever learned significant news about your own organization from an outsider? Have you ever learned something significant about your own job assignment from someone else? Someone outside of leadership gave you the scoop on some juicy insider news. Well, how does that make you feel? Insignificant? Hurt? Forgotten? Marginalized? Hey, keep the troops informed. Have a passion to communicate, communicate, communicate. One really cannot over-communicate. Listen to the advice of Max Dupree from Leadership is an Art. Quote, the right to know is basic. Moreover, it is better to err on the side of sharing too much information than risk leaving someone in the dark. Information is power, but it is pointless power if hoarded. Power must be shared for an organization or a relationship to work. End of quote. As I end this chapter, I want to give you two final pieces of advice. Number one, how to avoid fossilization. As you looked at the chart on life cycles in communication at the beginning of this chapter, you might have thought, I don't want us to become fossilized in the formal rituals of bureaucracy. That's a turnoff. Here are some tips to keep your organization lively as you commit more to written communication. Have regular press conferences with your people, not just with the outside, but with people on the inside. Let them hear your heart. Allow them to ask you tough questions. Keep communication brief. Include short summaries of lengthy reports. Use social media, your website, and email to keep communication fresh and up to the minute. Produce a concise written statement of vision and objectives and values that can be distributed throughout your organization. Have stand-up meetings to avoid lengthy discussions. Read Death by Meeting by Patrick Lencioni to learn how to do meetings right. Develop in-house newsletters and parts of your website that are dedicated to clear communication to insiders. And as the leader, cast the vision to insiders just as much as you do to outsiders. And finally, the last piece of advice in this chapter, how to keep in touch with your people. After 20 years as 
leader of our ministry, I discovered as I looked back that the people I knew the best were actually the ones whose homes I had been in or who had been in my home. You know, that's kind of a no-brainer. It's not always possible. There's no substitute for FaceTime. That's the point. We have to build a personal relationship with our co-workers, get to know about their families and about their personal lives. Here's a summary of some principles discussed and suggested in this chapter to help you avoid communication chaos. Have face time with your key leaders. Play and pray with those you lead. Schedule regular off-site meetings and retreats for team development. Make internal communication a top priority of your job. Keep your followers informed as to what you expect of them. Find ways to articulate and communicate vision, mission, objectives, purpose. Make sure that formal communication systems are in place. Avoid the great surprise. Don't ambush people who are not doing their jobs well. Stay in touch. Be honest. Don't let things build up. Here's one of my favorites. MBWA. Manage by wandering around. <laughs> Get out of your office, but be sensitive to others achieving their goals. Don't interrupt other people's work, but wander around and check up on people. Find ways to tap into the underground currents of your organization. Have your informants. And finally, practice hot communication, what I call honest, open, and transparent. Nothing happens until people talk. This has been Hans Tinsel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.